Yes, it's about time we got some Peter Allen on this podcast. And about time we examine the other coast, not the Gold Coast. The The Gulf Coast? Not the Gulf Coast. The East Coast. Whoa, maybe. There's a third coast. Listen, Yacht Rock. Yes? It's undoubtedly a West Coast genre at its heart. It's smooth and easy, laid back, yet professional. Very little tension, even when the song is about the most heartbroken fool in the marina. But like any great disease, Yacht Rock spread around like a hot rash. As musicians moved back and forth between the second best city in the country and the best, the sounds of their polished pop infected each other. The L.A. sound got jazzier. The New York sound got the kinks out of its neck. This song by Peter Allen, the one good Australian, understood the appeal of both locations. And he recognized that sometimes you can't make up your mind as to where to live. And as you jet back and forth, you take up characteristics of both. In this case, according to the lyrics, Peter Allen can't decide between the girls on TV movies... Where's he going? ...and the boys on Broadway. So he said, fuck it, I'm going to be by Coastal. And he shook his butt in front of a piano. It is impossible to be sad when you listen to Peter Allen and watch him dance. No, yeah, it's a cure for depression. Yeah. But don't tell Pfizer because they'll stop selling their pills. Yeah. Is this like when Freddie Mercury wants to ride his bicycle? Except fun. Yeah. Oh, that's a pretty fun song. Th- that's what I'm saying. This song is so much more fun, it makes bicycle race seem boring. Hey. Oh, okay. I, I see. You think maybe Pfizer could uh, put this in a pill? <laughs> Make us all a Peter pill? <laughs> it's, 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 it's doing what it should to my it's, Peter. It's giving us rested sh- restless shoulder syndrome. We're shaking our shoulders like crazy. So, oh, hold on. And if you haven't, do yourself a favor and check out the video. It will put a smile on your face and a bulge in your pants. Okay, so, in the spirit of today's genre, this song is smooth and cool, but a little rough around the edges, and it's gonna make you shake your butt. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Beyond Yacht Rock, episode 70, Yacht York! Woo! Why do we have to pick one? Seven sharp waiting on the water. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Yacht Rock Podcast. I was just expecting Hunter to start talking about this song. No, we're uh, all enjoying the music so much, uh, nobody remembered to talk. No, uh, he, he's supposed to do the intro. I, we're the I po- would do the intro. We're the, we're the podcast that makes up musical genres every week and counts them down from 10 to 1. This week, we created the term Yacht Rock. <laughs> This week is a it's a ten it's episode seventy so we got yacht rock on the tens and we're looking at yacht York New York inspired yacht rock that's what we're doing today uh, and we're throwing a bone to yacht rock like we do at the beginning of any every show even though we're totally yacht rock today I'm blabbering I'm J D Riznar Hi I'm Hollywood Steve Dave Lyons Hunter talk about this song All right I'll talk about this song <clears throat> This was a find um, by the way I think today is going to be our best playlist top to bottom. Everything. Listen to yacht, this. Yacht playlist. We're two, every playlist, we're two songs deep and we're already having too much fun. This is Carrera with Lucky Boy, uh, Lucky One, parentheses, New York Boy. Uh, this was a find, and by find I mean internet find. I haven't located the album. 
Um, so my info is a bit scant on this, so bear with me. Um, this is, uh, like I said, Carrera, and this is from their 1983 self-titled al- album. I have a theory about this Carrera, and I'm going to give it to you right here. I think these guys are supposed to be the new doobies, or the doobies for the 80s. Hmm. Yeah, let's peer review his theory. Okay. I agree. Well, here's the thing. Their sound is so yachty, and so, like, McDoobie yacht, yachty. Um, Allow me to retort, JD. I think you're right. <laughs> this peer review is going great, Hunter. Okay, and so while they're relatively unknown, unknowns at this point, they were picked up and produced by... Oh. They were picked up and produced by uh, one Ted Templeman. Oh, he's good. And he counterpoint, you may be onto something. And he he's the only yacht rock connection on this album. Um, so either way, so anyways, TT is their connection. So, <clears throat> you know, I feel the yacht with these boys, but it's a very unusual brand of yacht rock. There's some very non-yacht choices, like the sitar, the steel I, drums, yeah, right yeah, here. Steel drums here. I love it though, like. This is on the very sonic edge of Yacht Rock, about to bust into more modern production sounds of the mid to late 80s, but you can't deny the chorus. That awesome fake Michael McDonald vocals is Yachtamite. Trying, yeah. trying different four months. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Diatomite? Uh, no, just no, let okay. it go. Well, just yeah. think just about it and fact. come back to it. Uh, so Carrera is a relatively young group at this point um, in comparison to your average yacht rocker. So pa- perhaps they we consider them fire keepers because they didn't really hit. They hit at the end. Um, they consist of bassist Eric Presley, whose session, whose session work mostly uh, happened mostly after this album. And he had worked with Stevie Nicks, Belinda Carlisle, and Brigitte Nielsen. Oh! Uh, oh, Flavor Flav's wife. <laughs> there's guitarist Phil Roy, uh, who later worked with Holly Knight. And then there's, of course, Harpo. Harpo, I believe he's singing. Not the Marx, but the Swedish singer, who later had an album with Ted... Ted Gerdestad. Oh! Uh, and last we have... Pulling the, in the powerhouses. And last we have the McDonald, uh, excuse me, McDaniel brothers, uh, London and Chris, who played guitar and drums, respectively. Uh, I think they're the power behind Carrera. Uh, they were sons of soul singer Eugene McDo- McDaniels. Do you know who that is, Steve? Yeah, yeah. He had a, he had a kind of a legendary psychedelic soul album called Headless Heroes of the Apocalypse. Yes, and he also had some oldie time hits. Uh, he seemed like a sweet dude, sweet 70s dude. Um, anyways, the McDaniel brothers were from Seattle and became Hare Krishnas, uh, and the Hare Krishnas helped them put together an, uh, an album with a band they called Rasa, uh, which you can find online. And that one included a Brecker brother. So they had a little bit of touch in it, and it's kind which, of yachty. Uh, um, the album only, uh, Randy? He was the older one. We'll get to it later. Uh, the, spoiler, I, I, I like never spoiler saying... Spoiler alert. I love never saying which Brecker Brother <laughs> is. Just saying a Brecker Brother. Good enough. Uh, uh, <laughs> so th- this album was only sold at Temples, but you can find it on, uh, the YouTube. Uh, anyways, uh... Uh, they somehow hooked up with Ted Templeman after that. I don't know how, and uh, pulled this Carrera album off. Uh, they probably gave him a little pamphlet at the airport in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a big deal then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as shown in the documentary movie Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. The Carrera, the, uh, the McDaniel's didn't do much more. But later they had a new wavy band called uh, World Citizens. Steve, spell citizens. Oh, this is, this is, I'm glad you asked me to do this, Hunter, because this is a real interesting spelling. It, they spell it S I T. T-I-Z-E-N-Z. That's right. Uh, see, that's why you spell. Because mm-hmm. yep. people wouldn't have known. Yeah. 
they wouldn't know what to Google. That's like the liner notes of a Nitro album. There's very few people that are going to get that joke, but the ones that do are going to be very well rewarded. Uh, either way, I think this is a great song. I'm sure they spent a lot of time in New York City and L.A. because uh, the dad was a fam- uh, successful and famous musician. And it seems like they picked up a lot of smooth chops along the way. This is definitely a great album. If you can find it, add to your collection. I assume I don't have it. Hmm. 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 Hey, this is a good song. It's a weird song, and I like it. Good job, Hunter. Hunter dug up most of the songs today. Yeah. That's why he likes a playlist so much. Okay. I like and it it's too. Fire. Yeah, it's fucking great. Um, let's talk about Yacht York. Yeah. All right. Give us a long and short of it. In short, Yacht Rock, or I'm sorry, Yacht York is Yacht Rock that has been touched by New York City. Whether it was recorded there or the performers spent a significant amount of time in their lives there, um, uh, or it's just like, it's just about that big old city. So, <laughs> like it's inspired by New York, and they're trying to like give a nod to that, you know, that that vibe, that that grit. Yeah, or it might even be called New York City song. You know, it's a anyway. Um, with, but then we, these elements smash together. They smash into the yacht. The yacht York sound bobs to the surface. Uh, so Michael Franks, we're listening to Michael Franks' song Jealousy. He's a great personification of Yacht York. Like like the sound, he was born in Southern California and then took that feel and brought it with him to New York, where this song, Jealousy, was recorded, uh, as was the entirety of his Objects of Desire album. I think he was from La Jolla. Yeah. That's a weird that's a weird place to be from. Yeah. La Jolla? Musician. Yeah. Like near San Diego, La Jolla? Yeah. Huh. I think so. He also cut his chops here and like recorded his first few albums in California before he picked yeah, he, up. He was a he was he was a a, a, a a guitar player. Yeah, you're, you're pantomiming folk, something over a there. Folk singer. Ah, he actually I was, that I, makes sense. I, I really dug around his stuff looking for some yacht rock. He doesn't have a lot, and we we do have to get um, now that my joystick's broke <laughs> off the boat someday because uh, that doesn't quite work. Um, so. Like New York versus L.A., Yacht York feels more world-weary. Like, these songs as a whole have a darker tone, both musically and lyrically. They still carry that SoCal popification of jazz and R&B, but they sound like that dirty urine and garbage smell every square inch of New York enjoys. Uh, The protagonist of this song, Jealousy, is not just a fool feeling sorry for himself. He's a fool whose behavior is bordering on criminal, stalking his lover, and he sounds just fed up to the point you think that this guy might actually kill that lover. Huh. If you, huh. if you really listen to it. Yeah. Listen, guys. So it's like a Son of Sam kind of vibe. Not that deep. Just like, I mean, not that crazy. kind of like the unhinged that, ex-boyfriend. Was that New York? Was that, that where, was New York. where old D. Berkowitz was kicking it? Yeah. Around this time. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, York just has a big city sound. Not a big urban sprawl sound of, like, just yacht, yacht rock. Mm. It's crisp and it's classy. You can imagine everyone playing and singing these songs in suits and fancy dresses. Maybe black tie, ready for a night out. And that's another thing. Yacht York is a, really about the nighttime. No songs about sailing or jerking off in the sun. <laughs> it's all moon glow and martinis. Saxophones and grand pianis. Excuse me, pianos. Thank you, Hunter. Classy. (laughs) No casual Fridays for these guys, or every days like like they were in L.A. So what you're saying is L.A. is fine. The sun shines most of the time, and the feeling's laid back. 
but not in New York. No. And, and, and lastly, these songs are all business. There's, they mince no words, no time for fools, just big city boning or get the fuck out. So, so it's decadent cosmopolitan debauchery is what you're telling me. Like I, That is hot, exactly what I'm telling you. Hot jazz clubs where people can go to dance and smoke the reefer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like showmans in Harlem. Um, so when you hear this music, you can't help but establish all the cliche. You can't help but imagine all the... Um, the cliche New York City established shots, like uh, a thousand people walking on the sidewalk distorted by the heat coming off, or like the night with wet streets and taxi cabs zooming by, like the opening of Night Court. But unlike sultry hits, where the darkness is seedy, this is some high-class darkness. This is rich people problems. Um, but there are some exceptions. There are some sunny songs in here. Yeah. But I'll explain how, how those fit to New York when we get to those. Um, you know, Jada, you just made me realize that uh, the theme song to Night Court and the theme song to Seinfeld, both shows filmed in L.A. that take place in New York, very bass-heavy themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that, uh, there might, might be something might to be that. Might be to that, mm-hmm. yeah. All we need is two to start a genre. Barney Miller. Yeah. That's another one. I'm guessing there's a Brecker brother on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody knows which one. Probably Nobody, care, nobody cares which one. Probably Philip the flutist. I think it's Tito. Um, so, <laughs> you also might see a different batch of Bonanza personnel. For example, on this song, the electric piano is played by one Rob Mouncey, who I'm sure we've mentioned before, and he may show up a lot today because he's the one guy who played electric piano in New York. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, I looked over I looked over a lot of these, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he showed up in all of the songs you went over, uh-huh, and yeah. none of the uh, other ones. Uh, I think it just happened to hey, land have like you ever that. tried to carry an electric piano up uh, a four-story walk-up? No. Fuck that. Um, the E-piano? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make it lighter if you shorten it from electronic to... No, you gotta run a cord all the way down to the uh, bottom. Yeah. And Rob Mouncey, he was the one electric piano player who had an elevator in his building, so he would actually bring it out. Mm-hmm. And a doorman. Um, let's see, anything... Here comes Mouncey. <laughs> um, let's do this countdown. Yeah, let's do it. Oh. Number 12. These are in no particular order, by the way. The, no, the, the I ordered bump, them. The, the bumpers? No. Oh, Hunter ordered them. They're in Hunter's favorites order. Okay. Um, so this is Steely Dan. You know, Steely Dan, meet the Doobie Bounce. New York City's own Steely Dan hightails it to L.A. to record this ode to big city soda fountain staples, the Black Cup. Staples? Staple. The Black Cup. Uh, in Southern California, they were infected by a special bouncy musical wart that helps the doobies move. Man, I got wordy. The Dan <laughs> kicks off this, their first album. You only have seven more paragraphs to go, so don't worry about it's it. It's going to be great. The Dan kicks off this, their first album, uh, recorded in L.A. into the bone... Okay, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to get this right, guys. Are you having a stroke? Yes. The Dan kicks off this, their first album in the bona fide Yacht Rock years with this beautiful, gentle bounce, haunting electric piano used to illustrate a scene in which a black cow-style beverage is consumed. You got, so you were so excited to get black cow finally on this. I know. That you had just this creative, just volcano onto this pa- paper. We, ta- we talked about black cow recently. Well, yacht and yacht. Half our audience doesn't listen to yacht and yacht. I see. What's um, wrong with them? I don't know. They're the best. We just <laughs> hang out and be dudes. It's great. Um, okay, so... I can't believe you wrote this many paragraphs. Well, I'm trying to get it through them quickly. Uh, and they're, they're fun. <laughs> okay, so... 
uh, only three or four death no- death notices on this. So, um, although all of Asia was almost entirely recorded in Los Angeles, except for Peg, which was recorded in New York at A&R Studios, there's no denying that Steely Dan brought its New York aesthetic with them to California. The album before Asia, The Royal Scam, is one of the grittiest, darkest pop rock albums ever recorded, recorded entirely in New York. New York City! The biggest scam on that album was tricking me into thinking it was a metal album by its cover art, and when I got it home, I was really wrong. It's got a metal tune, if you ask me. Uh, so, I think it sounds like jazz rock. Steel is a metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, a black cow is an actual drink you can buy in New York City, and you can actually still get high, walk into Rudy's, and drink a big one, and then get out of there. And you know what's crazy? I just looked up Rudy's, and I've been there, and I had no idea. Man. I ordered a Bud, a Budweiser, <laughs> and a hot dog. You could have been sucking down a black cow. He I ca- know. He called that a white cow. I had no idea. A hot dog and a Budweiser. <laughs> a yellow cow. <laughs> Uh, so, um, let's see. Oh, so the edge. You hear gout, gout cow. Yeah. So, listen to the edge in the lyrics. Like, this is a meeting between two people who should not be meeting like this. It's a friend helping a friend in a dark place. And the sound reflects that. The song has e-piano and saxophone solos so New York that they might not have been audible if recorded in L.A. by lesser musicians. I got, I got a fun fact about this song. Yes? The master, uh, the multi-track masters of this went missing. In fact, that's why it's never been remastered. Donald Fagan has offered a $600 reward <laughs> to anyone that has them. And here I'm going on record saying I will offer a $750 reward. Fuck you, Don Fagan. And I'll fly out to New York City and buy you a black cow at Rudy's. Mm-hmm. You fly yourself to New York City if you're somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. So... Victor Feldman is playing the electric piano in here. He's got a great electric piano solo. The interesting chord phrasings throughout. The sax solo is by Tom Scott. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, composer of the Starsky and Hutch theme. Larry Carlton, session guitar great. We don't hear nearly enough of in Yacht Rock. Uh, Jazz drummer Paul Humphrey laid the beat with Chuck Rainey on bass. Uh, And for the record... uh, um, I learned this on Twitter. Some asshole said, a black cow is just another name for a root beer float. And then a hero on Twitter explained that it's actually a root beer float where the root beer is mixed in with chocolate syrup. Goddamn hero. It sounds fucking delicious if I were very high. If I was high. There's also an alcoholic drink called the black cow, which is Kahlua half and half and Coke. Not to be mistaken for the purple cow, which is vodka and grape juice. A purple cow is the favorite drink of Arthur Big Guy Carlson on WKRP in Cincinnati. I've, um, been, I've been studying. I've been I've been to Rudy's, as, mm-hmm. as you know now. Yes, you've talked about it before. And it's a dive. And I yeah. would be surprised if black cow here wasn't that Kahlua drink and not the root yeah. beer drink. I looked it up online. It, it looks like a real shithole. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It's a cool place, but it's just like not... I can't imagine ordering a root beer float there. Oh. Well, so far these are in order. Mm-hmm. You hear that, guys? Whoa. Oh, this is a, some sort of tough guy. Man, some hard ass is about to start singing. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to get switchblade. Why, why yeah. do you think they call him Barry Manilo? Oh, I thought oh. it was an ironic nickname, like when you call a fat guy tiny. 
<laughs> well, we covered this song in Yacht and Yacht 29. This is Let's Get On With It from the long out of print 1982 album Here Comes the Night. And we put this firmly on the boat. It was a very proud day for me because even though I'm a big Barry Manilow fan, I'd never heard this song. I was not aware he had anything in his catalog that would qualify as Yacht Rock. I never imagined that I'd feel this way, but I do not want to fuck with the Barry Manilow of this song. Hmm. He's very impatient. He's very, that's a very, that's a very New York trait. Yeah. People in New York, they love to complain and they love to be impatient. Yeah, he's not mincing words. Nope. He's very direct and straightforward. He's probably walking over here. Thanks, JD. Hey, you look you look real sophisticated with your martini today, JT. JD. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot your name. You just put olives in a cup of vodka. It's a martini. <laughs> with That's a, what I love about martini. With a Mountain Dew chaser. <laughs> I'm no hillbilly, Dave. <laughs> yeah, sophisticated you don't, you don't put New the, York. You keep New your uh, your Mountain Dew and your your Cosmo martini separate. All right, tell us more about Barry Mantle. Well, I would love to, Dave. Uh, so. The, the dominant strain of soft rock from New York City that was not Yacht York usually kind of sounded like Broadway show tunes. The performances were more theatrical and show busy. The music and the arrangements are more sweeping and grandiose. And uh, Yacht Rock had a genuine influence from black music, but any incorporation of those sounds in the non-Yacht York stuff was strictly fourth or fifth hand. And Barry Manilow is kind of the epitome of that approach. Uh, most of his really big hits were really bombastic proto-power ballads that are exquisite in their rendering, and a lot of his best-remembered up-tempo tracks just sound like these endearingly awkward production numbers from really mediocre musicals. This piano solo here that we're in the middle of, this is pretty dramatic in Broadway. It's classic uh, Manamello. Oh, that's a good That's a good neologism. Mm-hmm. Uh, neologism? Neologism. Defined. It's a new word. A new word... It's also a portmanteau, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, is it a new neogeological portmanteau? Sure. All right. Or is portmanteau a branch of neologism? Yes. Okay, good. It's like how not all soft rock is yacht rock. Got it. Uh, so like I said, this song is from 82. This was, this was uh, when Barry's pop chart dominance was on the wane, and he was drifting into adult contemporary only territory. Uh, his last few albums before this, including this one, uh, had all been recorded in L.A. Uh, as early as even now from 1979, you could hear Lee Rittenauer and Jay Graydon on album tracks that were definitely not Yacht Rock. Uh, there'd be a couple guys here and there on the next few records. Uh, I, don't think it was, I, don't, I don't think it was ever any of the same guys. It was just like a couple here and there. Classic Manilow. Yep. Split them all up so they can't gang up against him and change his sound too much. Uh, I could barely find any credit info for this album, let Ooh. alone this song. Whoa, but song it does. got top. You hear that? Yeah, he's back out on the streets. Man. He's, he's got that New York City rhythm in his when, soul. Once Steve reads these last fun facts, I'm going to go back to that because that's kind of an awesome part. Yeah, yeah it really is. Uh, it does appear that Richard Page, Steve George, and Bill Champlin can all be heard on background vocals on this album. I'm not 100% sure about this song. Okay, so this is this is this is just personifies this song perfectly. This is Barry Manilow, and then he gets tough. 
This is, yeah. this, is, this is the tough guy punching his fist while he's yeah. walking. Yeah, it's, it's like he's got some kind of weapon, but it's a ladle. Well, this is like you're strolling through Central Park with your lover. You know, it's yeah. really nice. Yeah. It's a and, beautiful fall day. And then the thugs day, come out. Like, yeah. who's, that, who's that guy shaped like a Q-tip coming at me? <laughs> and then all of a sudden... <gasps> hey, oh, my no. name is Barry Mandelow. Ruffians. Give me all your money. Boy, he's snapping his fingers in unison a lot. Doing this. A lot of elbows on that guy. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Give he wants to get on with the rumbling. And I will rob you today. Go ahead, Steve. I think uh, the most interesting thing about this song, it's not some outside writer trying to adapt Barry Manilow to the current hip modern soft rock zeitgeist. This is Barry composing the music himself. Trying his hand at this fresh new sound, <laughs> 1982. Hey, you know it takes it takes some time for LA culture to reach the rest of the country. Like the, you know those fucking podunk little burgs like New York City. <laughs> I think he also had a leather jacket on. In this what, what a fool believes was a Grammy-winning number one hit four years ago. Yeah, it takes time yeah. to, get, to make it into these. There's parts of the way dumps. he's singing this that almost remind me of "This Is It." Mm-hmm. Like a pussy trying to be tough. Yeah. Were you? Uh, you had more to say, right, Steve? I was just gonna. I was gonna mention he he wrote this with his uh, longest running lyricist Adrian Anderson. Their collaboration goes back to his first album. She also co-wrote Peter Allen's "I Go to Rio." That means she's a hero. Yep. Uh, and yeah, he we gave this a seventy-five point two five on the Yatsky scale, richly deserved. deserved. Mm-hmm. Before I talk about this song, I just want to make mention of why these are in the order that they're in. Yeah. Since I was the only one who did it. Uh, number 12 was Steely Dan, because Steely Dan is Steely Dan. We've Natural. We've all, all heard them before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their stuff was in L.A. Uh, and they're, they're like as much a part of every scene. Um, and the last one, Barry Manilow, was just a toe dipper. He dipped a toe. He mm-hmm. didn't really do much more than that one song. Are you and it, and it's also are we sort of going in the order of surprise? No, not really. Are we going in the order of like how much they epitomize the aesthetic? Slightly. So, is this a random order? No, it's not. <laughs> it's Hunter order, which we can never wrap our heads around. No. Yeah. No. Okay. So the reason why this song, this is Frankie. Franca, Franca, Franca and the Knockouts uh, was was sweetheart. Uh, this this one's here because it's kind of an outlier of the of these ones because this is like New York's doing a toto New York dudes doing a toto sound where you don't get that on any other the other songs. I call this uh, the boardwalk bounce. Boardwalk bounce. I don't know like how to that. explain it, but I, it sounds like this. Yeah, you know, I found some other bands that kind of have that boardwalk bounce. Maybe we can talk about that later. Okay, so anyways, this is a this is a top hit song uh, by Franca and the Knockouts. Um, way back in episode 49, I bone throwed these dudes with the so- with uh, the song that they legitimized themselves by getting uh, Jeffrey Jeff to guest drum on. Uh, obviously, at this point, that he wasn't there yet because it's earlier. Um, but also during that episode, I asked about Yacht York uh, if that was a thing and if these guys from Jersey can be considered as such. And I think today we answered that yes to both. I agree. 
Uh, so, Franca, I talked at length, uh, but basically he's uh, an opera singer's son who won the Academy Award for I Had the Time of My Life. The uh, opera singer did or he did? He did. Okay. Uh, but let's talk about his band. His band was guitarist and uh, background singer Charlie Domenici, uh, who went to go on to sing for Dream Theater. Uh, so, so he was wait, the opera really? singer? No. no. Hey, Dream Theater! Uh, I like how you kind of did that to the tune of Goldfinger. <laughs> we have bassist Lee Fox, two X's, uh, who went on to join Blondie. We have drummer uh, Claude Le Hanif, uh, who didn't do much except create an exceptionally rare try and horror wrap up called Hackenstein. Wait. Hackenstein rap. I looked it up. It's terrible. It sounds. Uh, there's guitarist Billy El- Elworthy, who before uh, this played with the extremely talented Michael uh, Bolotin. Uh, there's organist and synthesis. Michael, Bo- Michael Bolotin? Bolotin? And he turned into Michael Bolton. You can't just ram past that. I, ran- I did. Yeah. I knew what he meant. I did too. I guess I should have let it go. And there's organist and synthesis uh, uh, Tommy Ayers. Uh, only thing else I could find is he was in a band called Dump Truck. <laughs> and uh, finally, have Blake uh, Levinson, who uh, co-wrote most of the knockout stuff with Franca. Uh, he and Franca are credited on something special. Wait, I didn't. I wasn't gonna say that. Anyways, I found something that those guys both wrote for. That's I'm gonna bring up later, and it's pretty spectacular. Uh, oh, uh, um, and on this is percussionist Jimmy Malin. Uh, he sat in on this album. He seems like the East Coast Paulina da Costa. Which is probably inaccurate because Paulina da Costa is every corner of the world's Paulina da Costa. Uh, this this sounds like Toto if they dressed like street toughs in black leather jackets and snapped their fingers when they rumbled. Uh, I don't know if you've seen a little video called Rosanna, but I believe that is Toto's bag. Well, mm-hmm. I, I I guarantee you, at one point, one of these guys said. Toto, forget about it. <laughs> uh, Toto, more like Toe, no. Ow! Look at these homos pretending to be tough in this Rosanna video. They named themselves after a fucking toilet. <laughs> We're the real deal. I got this song I wrote called Sweetheart. What? We'll show Toto who's tough. We got we got real chain link. We don't bring it in for our videos. We gotta, we're gonna take this back to the real street corners of New York. I know a chain link spent three miles from my house. Let's drive there in our Oldsmobiles. <laughs> One pot chop! <laughs> so you listen to these guys. You know they dress to the nines when playing. You can just hear it. They're all class. And if you have any doubts, watch the music video to this, uh, which fe- features Franca in a boxing ring, boxing, because uh, forget about it, eh? Oh! Uh, and then and then they're on stage looking like a million goddamn bucks. So they go from boxing to fucking looking like a million bucks on the stage. These guys are all Yacht York. I mean, I'm telling you. Uh, And also appearing on this album are guys from Brooklyn Dreams. Who are they? Who knows? Hmm. Brooklyn Dream Theater? (laughs) Wait, I just... I just want to real quick. Good just, one, Steve. Green point. Crown Heights. I just looked up a quote from Dream. Apparently, Charlie Dominici only sang on their first album. Yes. And the drummer of Dream Theater later said it was like having Billy Joel singing in Queensryche. 
Yeah, he, he, he wasn't... It's uh, kind of like Billy Joel's first band, Attila. <laughs> that's, that's an excellent point. Billy Joel! Mr. President, what's the best thing you've done for the country so far? Uh, the other day I ordered 4,000 television sets. 4,000. Number nine. Looking good, number nine. Looking good. <laughs> I just want to say right off the top... That this is Robert Kraft, but this is not the Robert Kraft who owns the New England Patriots. Well, but what if it was? Listen to the lyrics. Just another trophy on the shelf. Just a little game. These lyrics indicate that this is, in fact, the owner of the Patriots. Oh, and shit. he could be singing to Putin about stealing Super Bowl rings. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was the beginning of his nefarious plot to conquer America. Notch on the bedpost. Just another notch on the bedpost. That's the song title. This is from the 1982 album Retroactive. That's two words. And uh, and I put I put this song next because it's the worst one, but it's definitely getting into that yacht rock, yacht York sound. I'm telling you too, retroactive. It's not very retro. This is a very hot song for '82. Yeah. Well, uh, Robert Kraft is not giving himself enough credit. He's on the edge of cool. I, I the, the the retroactive album. I, I just took a look at the other song titles. They look like the kind of uh, it almost looks like a concept album. It's like the kind of smooth divorce core that would have made Bill the Bounty weep with joy and also desperate loneliness. It's not divorce core. It's a song about <laughs> divorce. It's a yacht rock song about divorce. This would need flashy '80s production to be divorce core. It also would have had to have left a famous band. Also, that helps. That it's helps a necessary. lot. That does help. But let me. I want to read these song titles: single, comma, solo, then just another notch on the bedpost out with my ex <laughs> your blue too i wonder what you're like see he's getting back out and dating uh-huh. again apparently heartless hey. now he's at home moping that's, she wasn't she wasn't what, what she was hoped. like yeah. <laughs> uh what price glory okay that's, that's robert Kraft, the football owner. Uh, no no yeah, no, that's, no that's uh a prostitute oh, named glory oh, okay. he wants to know how much it costs <laughs> Uh, and there's teach me how to kiss you because the <laughs> prostitutes won't kiss. <laughs> they don't want intimacy. He's involved. also out of practice because if you're going to get a divorce, you haven't kissed your wife in a very long time. And the next one is don't look me in the eyes. <laughs> no, no. That's not. And there's can we be in love again? He's he's had it with prostitutes. He wants to go back to his ex. On the west side. That's I assume a back, he's stalking her. Suggestion. <laughs> side door suggestion. <laughs> And then the album closes with, let's hold each other once more. Oh, man. I mean, the only, th- the, only re- the only thing really missing there is him covering Kirk Van Houten's Can I Borrow a Feeling. If you look at Wait. the album cover. <laughs> I like your sentence here that you wrote, holy shit, did this guy get divorced? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, you, underline, you underline that... If you look at the album cover, it's like a knick-knack shelf with a bunch of uh, like face cutouts that look like really old shoots and ladders player pieces. And then there's Robert Kraft's name spelled out in Scrabble letters. There's one domino, a Pez dispenser, a small yellow ball with the phrase ready to bounce written on it. Yeah, it's, it's the Sgt. Peppers of, of divorce. Yeah. There's also a wishbone, and there's the groom figurine from their wedding cake. And finally, there's also a larger Shoots and Ladders game piece of Robert, who's sporting a hairline that makes Christopher Cross look like me. Christopher Cross is balding, and Hollywood Steve has a beautiful, thick, lush head of hair, for those of you who have never seen pictures of either. 
How have you never seen pictures of either of us, people? But I, overall, the cover... You ever notice you never see both of them in the same place at the same time? Hmm. <laughs> you're going to blow my cover, Dave. You're also going to blow this album cover joke. It's a heartbreaking admission that this divorce has completely ruined family board game night. I like it. <laughs> the setup could have been, uh, could have used brevity. Says the comedy coach, Gigi Riznar. <laughs> it also could have used less interruption, but I let you guys run with it because you were riffing. That's right. And that's what podcasting is all about. Never stamp a hat riff. That's rule number one on Beyond Yet Red. And guess what? The joke is all on us because Robert Kraft went on to become the music supervisor for like 300 movies at 20th Century Fox. Oh, he got me! You know what a lot of these guys did? A lot of these guys in Yacht York end up like winning Emmys and Academy Awards Tony's. and stuff and, and doing also other bad soundtracks. Yeah, Robert Kraft also produced the Academy Award winning Under the Sea from there The Little go. Mermaid. Uh, from 1994 to 2012, his title was President of Fox Music. Uh, so by this point, he probably could afford to purchase a minority stake in the New England Patriots, which he totally should, just to confuse the shit out of everybody who works for them, I think. Yeah, yeah just a little bit. Hey, Robert Kraft is coming to the investors. Oh, no, oh, no. Hey, just me, just another notch on the bedpost, guys. Hey, fire Tom Brady. Why the hell not? I'm not the real guy. <laughs> Bye. I gotta pick some music for a movie. See ya. So I'm to assume the owner of the Patriots has the same name. Exactly. <laughs> Context clues. Got it. I hey, said it right off the top. Hey Steve. Hey what? I need to hear some goddamn names. Oh shit! I wrote out a list of names. This guy's Bonanza Personnel. Uh, you got Jeff Picaro on drums, Abe Laboreal on bass, Michael Lamartian on piano, Larry Carlton back for the attack on guitar, Paulino DaCosta on percussion, Jerry Hay on horn arrangements, and backing vocals, vocals from Richard Page, Steve George, and Tom Kelly. E-piano by a guy named Terry Trotter, who looks to have played with Larry Carlton or lot around this time. And plus, there's also a credit for a group of people dubbed the Valley Arts Handclappers Association. Probably all the session musicians having well, a little joke. I looked them uh, up. I, you think that's their you think only that's, what that's it is? their only credit? Yeah. yeah, I looked them up too. That was actually a, an all-male divorce uh, group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, hey, they met hey, every, every week for support group at the Valley Arts Center. And, yeah. and Robert Kraft brought his microphone. Listen, I'm not going to record our confessions, but let's do some <laughs> hand claps. Um, okay, so, and finally, Robert Kraft was born in New Jersey and cut his musical teeth with a jazz group called Ivory Coast in New York City. And he actually recorded one album before this called Ready to Bounce, which sat on the shelf. Oh, just like on the album cover. <laughs> exactly. Just like on the shelf until it was released in Japan only in 1985. But it contained songs like Carnegie Woogie and Manhattan, so you realize New York is in this guy's blood, even if he's recording with our West Coast session stars. Hmm. That's the Yacht York and Robert Kraft. Yeah, I like that ready to bounce, sort of a precursor to the divorce. <laughs> yeah. It's a little foreshadowing. And it was it was recorded like two years before his divorce album. But he was so, ready. He was yeah, ready. Yeah. Hey. Um, so this one is next, mm. because there's some problematic things, but I imagined that this could be the ex-wife of Robert Kraft. Ah! All right, listen to that bounce right off the top. This is 1982's Looking for the Perfect Ah. I think you guys just said the perfect ah right before that. Hey, thanks. <laughs> uh, it's Melissa Manchester. What is the ah? 
in the song. It's the untainable perfection. It's a song about fools not being content with what they have. She's looking for a perfect 10. She's looking Wait. for a sure shot. What? She's looking for someone besides Robert Kraft. Wait, I think it's a hunt for pleasure. Yeah, this is, this. she's looking for an orgasm. I mean, this so? is a big story. City orgasm. Listen to the, this is, see, there's that problematic part that I mm. mentioned. Oh, lasers? The, yeah, the, and the yeah. and the space noises, uh-huh. except this one is, is orgasm noises, not space noises. See, yeah, I we're had, not in a spaceship right now. Yeah. Oh, did you hear that? Ba, 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 ba. That's a little New York Billy Joel part she worked in there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I had another theory that it's just about somebody walking around New York looking for a place to shit. <laughs> that, that's a big I New York think, City project right I there. I think that's you're projecting your own life onto this song, Dave. Here's, here's a tip. Uh, chain bookstores like uh, B. Dalton or uh, Walden or... Uh, Barnes and Noble. Oh, there's one. Or an Amazon. Yeah. Is Walden they, Books still in business? They all they all have great bathrooms. An and when Am- you're walking around in New York, because you're a big Ramones fan, trying to find 55th and 5th to get get an ironic photo, because it's the wrong intersection. You mean 53rd and 3rd? Yeah. Oh, he, he, oh okay. There, I, there I see. You go. I see. I see what you did. 53rd and 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, this is from the album Hey Ricky And the personnel can be defined by a word that means Something that is valuable, profitable, or rewarding That's right, Bonanza Dean Parks, Carol Bayer, Sager Robbie Buchanan, Michael Landau, Jeff Picaro And here's a new one Abraham Laborial Sr. <laughs> That's Abe Laborial uh, other tracks on our Hey Ricky include a, a Lukather, a David Gates, w- which I assume is a pseudonym of David Huntgate. Most likely. Or it could be David Gates from Bread. Shut up. And Hugh McCracken, <laughs> which has to be a made-up name. Yeah. And even though it has nothing to do with Yacht, it's worth mentioning that Bertie Toppin wrote on this album. So there's some songs that are dumb? Yeah. 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 I found a fun fact about Melissa Manchester, how uh, how her career started. Ooh. So when Bette Midler was performing with Barry Manilow in gay bathhouses... You could, <laughs> you could just say bathhouses. <laughs> You're right. Sure, her nickname is not Gay Bathhouse Betty. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Melissa Manchester was a member of her backup singer group, The Harlettes. Which I assume is the term for a female harlot. <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> uh, another fun fact: the other most famous harlot alumnus is Katie Segal from yeah. Married with Children. She had Futurama. a hell of a singing career. Um, Melissa is as New York as six sailors sharing a hot dog in Prospect Park, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about. Literal. She, she was born in the Bronx. Her dad played bassoon for the New York Metropolitan Orchestra. I mean, you take... Wow. It's, it's what's it called? Shore Day? Yeah, Shore Leave. It's Shore Leave. Shore Day. You got six guys checking out Brooklyn. <laughs> that could be... <laughs> they only have $2 amongst them? Shore Day is one Come on. The battery's up. The train yard's down. Anyway, and her dad played bassoon. Okay. It's, uh, what Do is you it? Know ship, how- ship week? Ship week? What's the... Fleet week. Fleet That's week. What it That's is. what it is. I could have worked that in there. Do you know how talented a bassoon player you have to be to get an actual job playing the bassoon? There no. aren't very many. Tell us. There are not than, very many jobs playing bassoon. Better than podcasting, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Oh, uh, she, Melissa Manchester, got a job writing at uh, Chapel Music when she was still in high school. That's yeah. part of the Warner, Warner Chapel uh, 
big old conglomerate. Yeah, her um, dad was like, Melissa, you gotta learn how to write songs. Quit the fucking bassoon <laughs> and go where the money bassoon is. Bassoon will get you nowhere. Uh, she studied songwriting at NYU with Paul freaking Simon. Probably enjoys Woody Allen. It's always the one time anybody's ever broad. gave Paul Simon the middle name frickin'. <laughs> I was trying to clean it up. My note okay. from my note from my mom. Oh. Uh, she also collaborated collaborated on "Whenever I Call You Friend" with Kenny Loggins and Carol Bayer Sager. She won the Best Female Pop Vocal Grammy in 1979 for "You Should Hear How He Talks About You," written by Get This Peter Fucking Allen, and yeah. it should be on the boat. He's a hero. Yep. And all of this led to her most fantastic achievement, which was contributing a song to the soundtrack of 1984's The Last Starfighter. Yes! Yeah, and listen to this song. It's about, it's about finding pleasure. It's about finding New York pleasures. Mm -hmm. She talks about caviar, like yeah. a great taste in your mouth. caviar to the studio, I think she says. Yeah, so if you take away the sex of it, because it is also about orgasm, they, she lists a lot of great things to, to seek out in New York City, because mm -hmm. all, all of it is the best there. Yeah, it's decadent cosmopolitan debauchery, like I said before. That's right. Those, just, are, those are just all the places she went on dates with, dude, looking for a guy who could give her the perfect ah. You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. Number seven. Okay, this is a good song. It's a real good song. And I'll talk, I'll, I'll mention it right now. The reason why this is next is because this is the one that sounds most traditional to Yacht Rock. And, not, and it doesn't have as much of the Yacht York sound in it. But it's a fucking awesome song. Okay. This is uh, Brooklyn Dreams with I Won't Let Go. Dave, remember when Tony was here and when he was going to that steampunk convention? Kind of. And we went to those four or five record stores in Highland Park? Oh yeah, we bought a lot of Deep Purple. And I tried to get you guys to buy all the Brooklyn Dreams albums. Did you buy one? I can't remember. No, I, I, I was weighted down by all the Ned Doheny you talked me into. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, well I'm sorry. Rainbow, rainbow albums. If you would have bought it, you would have had a good time. Because this is Brooklyn Dreams. And this is... Uh, you know what? I did. I did. That's got Beansy in it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll get to that. Uh, this is their 1980 album. You're welcome, by the way. Yes, thank uh, you. Well, uh, still sealed. Virgin vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the song I Won't Let Go from their 1980 album, Won't Let Go. Uh, these guys were a sweet-looking power trio of handsomeness, uh, featuring the talents of guitarist and keyboarder Bruce Sedano, who worked a lot with and was married to Donna Summer, fun oh, fact. Oh, he worked a lot with her, huh? Uh, Eddie Hawkinson, Hawkinson on percussion and vocals. Um, he also worked with Donna Summer, and, and the more I looked at it, these, all these guys worked with Donna Summer, but only one of them married her. Yeah. Uh, as far as we know. And uh, because it seems like these guys were formed as a team writing and performing with her. Um, but regardless, the last member, and certainly not the least member, one might say he's even the best around, is Joe Bean Esposito. Beansy. Oh man, no one's ever going to bring him down. Uh, yeah, so these a lot, guys... A lot of floppy hats in that band. <laughs> mm-hmm. So these, and, and big hair. Yeah. Big perms. Yeah, sort of the Juan Epstein look from Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah. Very New York uh, show. Yeah, so these guys were all, were with the Casablanca Records and Georgia Maroder and Donna Summer during the heyday, uh, really doing the disco. And you know, uh, there's a yacht crossover with disco. One might say Yachtsco, if that exists. It does, and I think Bicoastal is a Yachtsco song. Okay. Yeah. 
So, uh, so Brooklyn Dreams, they had four albums. The first was in 1977, and it's pure disco. And then they started crossing paths with yacht rockers like Graydon and Lukather and Rittenauer and Feldman and Vinding. Winding. 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 Uh, and here, hey, this is Jay. Leave a message for Jay Winding. I called him. I got his message, and he Jay Winding. That's Thank his, you. Yeah, I'll tell you what. That's, that's his. Like, that's his corporate voice. That's when like, he gets yeah, home, he's like, like Guy Fieri <laughs> calling himself Guy Fieri. And when he comes home, he goes, "Honey, Jay Winding's home." Yes, exactly. Uh, and, and so, but by here, so this is 1980. Uh, this is three years later. They know what the fuck they're doing, and they're yachting with precision and. And because of that, there's no big personnel uh, except one of the horn dogs, Gary Herbig. Um, but they didn't need him at this point. They knew, they knew what they were fucking doing. Uh, so this has a classic Doobie Shuffle in it. Um, yeah, it sounds like a lot of like non. Well, Michael McDon- like a, like songs Doobie Brothers would have written if Michael McDonald never joined the band. And uh, yeah, and yeah, I, like but I said this a little. This is a little cooler. Yeah. Also, uh, everything about the screens yacht rock, but these uh, New York City disco boys—they add a little extra pizzazz with that falsetto, I think. Um, I'd say, as I was saying before, that out of the songs today, this is the most traditional yacht rock of the yacht York. Uh, but bu- these Brooklyn Dreamers—they are as far away from the sandy beaches of SoCal as you can find. excited about this. This is an important thing to do. Yeah. This this might be the end of the At York yeah. episode here. We all know this is the theme to the movie Arthur, a film about a dangerously alcoholic rich dude played by real-life dead dude Dudley Moore. The story focuses on a short dude with a mullet falling in love with a shoplifter dude played by Liza Minnelli who's wearing a mullet. <laughs> and if this was about had anything to do with locations, this could be the story of Dave's life. Uh, locations make alcoholics, not not riches. I, was, I meant the mullet. Oh. You, oh. Oh, you and your wife yeah. with your mullets. And yeah. uh, Liza Minnelli, Mr. Peter Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, she walked in on him boning a dude on their wedding night. He's bi-coastal. Yeah. Um, speaking of locations... This movie was filmed on location in glorious New York City 30 years before Guy's American Food would permanently force the town off of every major food publication's top five lists. <laughs> now, this song was written by Christopher Cross, Burt Bacharach, and Carol Bayer Sager. Listen, we haven't been pronouncing Carol Bayer Sager's name all correctly all night. Let's stop. We're halfway through the show. Sager. There you go. Carol Bayer Sager. Uh, now that would that would start me at a sixty-six on the Odsky scale. Be- Why? Before. Hold on. Before, Thirty-three is where you start. Down. Before down. I listen to the song. Okay. No. So, but, but that, look, that gives you thirty-three. It starts at thirty-three. Not, no, you can't no, start no, sixty-six because no, 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 no. of the credits. I get it sixty-six, and I apply that to the credits, so it's lower than thirty-three. I don't get it. Anyway. None of what he's saying is making it. I just want to say beware of Burt Bacharach because he can sink any potential Yacht Rock song. This song has been Bacharacked. It's sentimental and uncomplicated. Uh, But uh, is it? uh, Have you listened to it? This is on the first side of the album with all the corporate 
corporate guys, we need a hit single. This is going to be the hit single. Mm. Have you listened to the second side of the album with the version that Burt Backer wrecked when he arranged it and it's all it's all instrumental? Have you listened to that? I did. It, yeah. It's, that is not Yacht Rock. No. This... I think is okay, and this is Yacht York with a saxophone solo. And, and the and the other one, the other one, if you actually look it up, the one he that he, that he arranged and said, "You're doing it my way," uh-huh. has more personnel on it than this one. Um, you look at the personnel. The personnel is great. It's it's Omardian, Lukather, Jeff Beccaro, Pauline Ho, Ernie Watts, David Hungate, but uh, you know. A Yacht Rock song sits on what must be a three-legged stool. Amongst these legs can be personnel, the era, jazz and R&B influenced sound, and unsentimental lyrics. This song has two legs, personnel and era. It is the whitest, most straightforward back of crap I've ever heard, and schmaltzy as fuck. Okay, but here's but Paulina the thing. Paulina DaCosta's his, 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 his percussion on this here's is not white. A few days ago, I was hot and heavy about this song not being Yacht Rock, and I wrote the sentence, If you sons of gun puts it on the boat, I will murder you. I've kind of changed my mind a little bit. Yeah, because you don't want that on... You don't want a recording of you saying that. Because <laughs> <laughs> when Steve he- Steve's head shows up floating in the Hudson... <laughs> and it says... Uh, uh, when it says Arthur's theme, not yacht, <laughs> they come knocking. I agree with you. The first forty seconds of the song is absolutely was Burt Bacharach. He was like, "This is." He's like, "This is I'm in my part." This is all I'm I think about part. when I hear this song. But after that, it gets yachtier and yachtier until like mm-hmm. the percussion comes in and everything just it swells. And at that point, you can't deny that if it, it's any. If it's anything, it has to be Yacht Rock. Yeah. Or at least Yacht York. Guys, I got a, I got some, I got a sleeper personnel. Yeah. On this one. Yeah. One more co-writer. Oh yeah, yeah. Carol Baker Sager's frequent writing partner and Liza Minnelli's one-time husband, Mr. Bicoastal himself. That's right. Peter Allen. Oh, oh I haven't heard of him. He and Carol wrote an unreleased song. They took the line, when you're stuck between the moon and New York City. Apparently, Peter Allen thought it up when he was at uh, the airport uh, waiting for his plane to take off. <laughs> He's been caught between the moon and New York City many times. Yeah. Now, He's I, bi-coastal. Yeah. I do have some negatives for this song. It's the excessive strings. The, I don't hate the sax. I think it would be a lot more yacht if it was a guitar solo. You hear a lot of the sax in these Yacht York songs, yeah. like like Southern Yacht. The, the sax okay, is this is my favorite yacht part. Listen to this okay. part. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay. Um, uh, but the lyrics are terrible. It's plot rock. Yeah, no, the the, the yeah, you, the, it should be knocked down Shot heavily. This should be this should be punished heavily. Let's yatsky this. We need to yatsky this song. Steve, yeah. you go first. You've been quiet. You've heard, you've heard us bicker. It's on the boat. I give it a sixty-two. Uh, Dave, I'm, you want I'm at fifty-seven. Uh, Hunter. Uh, I like, I like 50, I, I like a high 50, so I'm, I'm going to go 56. And you know what, I'm going to go 50, I'm going to put it on the boat, just barely. Oh uh, you got to murder yourself. I'm going to murder myself. I've been listening to it since I had this argument with you guys on the net and on our script. And I feel really good about this being a yacht. I, I was listening. Yeah. I listened to this a lot. I was driving and listening to our, our yacht York episode. Yeah. yeah. 
And this fit right in with everything else. Yeah. It didn't feel out of place at all. Did um, we have a separate text chain about this, Hunter? Where I told you I thought this was Yacht Rock and you said I do too? Yeah, that was last night. Yeah. All right. You were so confusing. It has got 56.25. That's a yacht rock. That's what I got, too. That's a very good number for this song. Okay. Back to the ship. This is Casey on American Top 40 in Hollywood. Until a generation ago, nearly all of our popular songs were written in one place. Stuttgart, West Germany. Number two. Wait a second. Dave, you can do your plug Wait, hold on. This is wrong. There we go. There we go. Yeah. You can do your plug right here. It's your yeah. song. I don't care. Okay. What's this plug? Uh, I'm playing... Uh, Friday the 18th at the Offbeat in High- Highland Park. Dave is going to play with a bunch of uh, other bands, uh, tribute bands. And come down and check it out. The show starts at 8. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, not going to drop a bunch of names. The Mountain Goat. Uh, come see tributes to Devo. The Mountain Goat's a punk arrangement of the mon- of monkey songs. AFI, The Velvet Underground, Elvis Costello, and Thin Fucking Lizzie. Show starts at 8. Sorry, Dave. I declared no plot, no no, no plug, plug hole. hole, and you didn't see that text, so you wrote a plug, so we read the plug. Go no. to Dave's show. It's always a fun time. Maybe I'll go. You should. It'll be nice. Hey, guys, hear how fucking yachty this song Yeah. Right off the top, it's a straight-up yacht groove. This New York City duo is known as more of a jazz funk outfit, but on their 1980 album, Detente, they took a little sail around the East River with this little jam. This is the Brecker Brothers with Not Tonight. Yeah, and for guys oh. and for guys that Loggins like, mentioned when he defined Yacht Rock on that local New York news show. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. They are not very Yacht Rock in and of themselves. Right. And the, and the majority of their songs with this one... He's a beautiful yes. yacht masterpiece. It absolutely is. Does this Brecker Brothers song have one of the Brecker Brothers on it? I think it has both of them. I, I break it down a little bit. I think it has here. a Brecker dad on it. Yeah. Uh, Not Tonight tells the story of a fool standing up for himself, I think. I can't really tell. There's no fools in New York. You can't make it in New York if you're a fool, Dave. Okay. Well, listen, this guy is crossing that fool to non-fool fr- threshold okay. by standing up for yeah. himself. I mean, for all I know, it could be about wanting to finally build a birdhouse with a kit with his lover. <laughs> you know those little birdhouses kits that you can get at Frank's Nursery and Crafts over by the auto mall? And they come with all the pieces, the nails, and the glue, and the instructions, and you, you just got to put it together. You're not. You're gonna need your own hammer. But anyway, this guy wants to build this birdhouse, and his lover keeps saying, "Not tonight." It's kind of a bummer because she loves birds, and he's just looking for something to do together. She keeps putting him off because she thinks building a birdhouse is actually a really stupid thing to do. If I were the guy in this song, I'd just build the birdhouse myself and surprise her with it. No need to waste time working with someone that doesn't even know how to hold a nail. You know what I mean, guys? I wish you talking about. Are you, are you subtweeting your wife on this podcast? <laughs> what? All I have to say is, if Dave ever gets a divorce. Look for the half-built birdhouse in their backyard. <laughs> it's it's broken, and I don't want to tell you how it got broke. <laughs> uh, so the Brecker brothers are two brothers with the last name Brecker. Oh. They're from New York, as I mentioned, and we're really known as, yeah, as a This, jazz, is, as this a, is the last minute research from Dave. <laughs> they're really, really more known as a jazz punk outfit, which I also mentioned. 
Randy Brecker, the older one, was one of the original members of Blood, Sweat, and Tears, but left because their music is embarrassingly stupid. <laughs> when that's, these guys, pretty, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. When these guys weren't brothering it up, Brecker style. <laughs> they weren't just You're just filling out a page with a book report. This, yeah, yeah this, this, this sounds like a great book report. That, it's the best, you forgot to read it's, it's the best wit written information we've had here tonight, boys. Continue, Dave. Conclusion, New York is a city of contrasts. <laughs> these guys worked as session musicians. They were on Hello, It's Me by Todd Rundgren. And uh, they blew their horns on the first Parliament album. Not a lot of yacht people to note on this song, but uh, you do have Paulino da Costa and Steve Gadd. That's all, right, all I, you need, baby. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. I'd like to, I'd like to say a couple things. Uh, there's, a, there's also, there's also George uh, Duke on clavinet and backing vocals. Also, Ralph McDonald is on percussion, not Paulino da Costa. Whatever. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna pull a name out of the air, that's a good name to pull. Uh, I figured I had a ninety percent chance of him being on the album. Steve, Steve Gadd, though, he is on on drums. So you got your 50-50. And and the rest are basically pretty solid Yacht Yorkers. Um, Probably should mention that the Breckers aren't singing. Um, This is basically one of the few songs, maybe the only song with... It's very hard to sing while you're playing a horn. (laughs) This is one of the few songs with vocals. And and pretty much is the only reason why this could be considered Yacht York or Yacht, Yacht, Yacht Rock is because they have a singer. So we should probably mention him. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw that out. Hey, the singer is Carl Car- Carwell, and he also sang with Paulina da Costa. There it is. You got a good chance. Philip Bailey, Al Jarreau, and the Boz. Uh, just a reminder that you are listening to the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast, the only podcast on the internet where 40 year old boys giggle about liner note mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm not, I'm not giggling about liner note mistakes. I'm giggling about Dave's info. It's a liner note mistake. No, no, it's a Dave mistake. No, it's Paul a Dave mistake. Paulino was uh, on the album. He wasn't on the song. Yeah, it's true. These aren't just improvised facts. It's improvised prearranged research. <laughs> I just write this fucking name down. I go, Bleh. Like anyone's gonna number five. Oh man, I talked over my own bumper. Um, like anyone's, <laughs> like anyone's gonna know Paulina wasn't on the album except for Hunter. Listen, no, he was on the album, just not the song. Hold on, guys, listen, listen to this grand piano doobie bounce. It's beautiful. I love this song. This is David Pomeranz. Ask me to say I do and I will. This is probably also the most New York of all the songs that we have, and that's why it's the next one. And it's also the happiest. Um, and I sent this this album to one of our uh, listeners. Oh, a lucky listener. One of our patrons. Um, but changed their nickname to Lucky. Um, I love this song because it's the sweetest Yacht Rock song I've ever heard. It's about a guy who's a runner who never let a woman own him. He went from one to the other, ducking the chains of matrimony. But that running around could never match the joy he felt when he met the lady he's singing to. It's a rare romantic term in Yacht Rock, or romantic turn in Yacht Rock that really, it works really, really well. It's a fool who met a lady he was so into, he finally made a non-foolish decision. Or at least he put it in, in her court. 
Like, he won't propose, but if she does, he's game. And everybody knows that women love to propose marriage instead of men. Well, it's a great start for a fool. Well, yeah, listen, true. this that's guy true. has some New York City confidence. Yes. He's not, like, the fools in on the West Coast, yeah. they're a bunch of sad sacks. They've already been punched in the balls a few too many times. And this guy's like, hey, you want to propose to me or what? <laughs> well, this, I mean, this doesn't have, this doesn't have that, that mean darkness that a lot of the other songs have. It's just, it's, it feels like springtime in New York. Like, when it reaches 60 degrees and you can finally wear shorts and throw frisbees around in Prospect Park. With the sailors. Yep. <laughs> Split hot dogs with them. The marimba sound gives it, like, this Like world. Lady in the Tramp style. Yeah. <laughs> Are we kissing? I think we're kissing. And we got mouths full of hot dogs. Um, so, um, there's a marimba in it, JD. There is, there is. It gives it a, uh, like a world music feel, and New York City's a real world music kind of city, if I've ever heard one. So, um, if many of these songs in Yacht York are dark and dangerous, this song represents a rare joy one might feel in New York during the three total weeks a year when the weather is tolerable. <laughs> Yeah, this guy. This guy's positive. Yes, it's very extremely positive. Last time I, I was in New York, the weather was delightful. What? When was it? I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Oh, good. I, I, I would like to point out uh, that David Pomeranz also wrote the song "Trying to Get the Feeling Again," which was covered by both the Carpenters and Barry Manilow. And that is relevant because I do believe that that song helped him get his record deal that led to this record. Uh, that's also relevant because uh, Howard Hessman's character, Johnny, Dr. John, Johnny Fever, on WKRP in Cincinnati, the two things he says when he's cornered, he's like, fine, I'll play Barry Manilow, I'll play the Carpenters. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Must have been that song. Been watching Twice. a lot of uh, WKRP. You're going to be on uh, yeah. Michael's... Uh, yeah. Michael uh, hold, um, uh, Grasso? Snappy dresser, hold my order. Oh. Um, Terrible dresser. I should probably get that right. Yeah, don't, don't even try. Hold my order. Okay. Paulino da Costa. Um, <laughs> David Pomeranz was born on Long Island where he would sing in his synagogue as a boy. And then he went on to Los Angeles to record an album. I think this guy might be the closest thing to the real-life Neil Diamond character in The Jazz Singer. He's in blackface? Like, like other, than, <laughs> other than Neil Diamond? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I see Lee Rittenauer and Paulino are on this album, but not on this song. However, it is a New York guy recording in L.A., and goddamn, does it ever bounce. I would, this might be a boardwalk bounce. I don't know. Hold My Order, Terrible Dresser. That's the name of the podcast. I don't think it is. I think it is. I don't think it is. Pretty sure it is. As sure as Paulino DaCosta is on this song. <laughs> Just let my tail now. Four. <laughs> my favorite part of that is how he proceeded it with not a lot of guys, not a lot of personnel on this, except. <laughs> uh, you thought my research was tight on the last one. <laughs> this, this one doesn't need it. You just need yeah. one to get one name yeah, right. This is, this Man. Frank Stallone. Where, where <laughs> Sylvester Stallone was born out of his mother's vagina, Frank Stallone flew in on a unicorn from a magical place called Talent Land. <laughs> um, fun fact about Frank Stallone, he had angels forced down his throat at birth. Oh. And this the sound you're hearing is them escaping. Oh. 
This is Frank Stallone with Love is Like a Light. We've been talking about how his songs start off kind of shitty. And wait, wait, wait. The... Love is like a light keeps on shining. Okay, now it make your point. Like a light. Uh, we talk about it, they start off kind of shitty. The longer they go, the oddier they get. This one starts out strong and only gets stronger. This might actually be my favorite song on the list today. Which is why it's number four. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is the spot for That's arguably where... the best song on yep. the list. It's so bright and crisp. The song has a great bounce. And when that guitar solo kicks in, it's perfect. This is easily the most yacht thing I've ever heard from Stallone. I'd actually put, I'd probably put this in the mid-80s on the Yachtsky scale. It's especially interesting when you consider that this came out in 1984, just as Yacht Rock was sailing into the sunset. Not Frankie. That's about when Frank Stallone caught wind of Yacht Rock yeah. and nailed it. Yeah, he's never been on the cutting edge. Mm -mm. Uh, Frank Stallone is, of course, the son of famed astrologer and women's wrestling promoter Jacqueline Stallone and her hairdressing husband. He now continues. That's to interesting. <laughs> did he have? Did he have um, salons in both L.A. and Los Angeles? Probably by coastal, if you will. Uh, well, he now continues to tour both coasts and go on far right racist rants on the internet and block me. <laughs> I also want to touch on his acting career. In 1999, he portrayed himself on a short-lived sitcom called Movie Stars, alongside Don Swayze and Joey Travolta. Yeah. Power trio. If any show needs to be rebooted on Netflix, it's movie stars. <laughs> um, I've spoken too much about Beat Space from Beyond, <laughs> but I'll bring it up again. Those names were on there along with uh, uh, Joey Estevez. Or, you know, which, which Estevez? Um, the, the oh. Uncle Estevez? Yeah, Joe Estevez. Joe, Joe yeah. Estevez. Yeah. yeah. But it what didn't that that one didn't have Frank Frank Stallone though. Yeah. It was missing. They've never all four got together. Say what you want about Joe Estevez, that man is a goddamn gentleman. Mm. Last so, time I'm bringing that up. Yeah. So what what can you say about Frank Stallone that uh, can't be described by quoting his Twitter tweets? <laughs> Pick three of these. Yeah. Um, I like the first one, for yeah. sure. No matter how much you vacuum, all this grease and sludge is buried on your staircase. It's fun to do. I use the rug doctor. <laughs> he must have took a nap on his stairs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The, the, oh, the, the next one's good, too. Yeah. Uh, this is in reference to the book, How to Make Money in Your Spare Time. He writes, this book is for out-of-work actors and musicians. Also a good read for fake actresses. So instead of being a hoe, learn to use another kind of rod. I don't even understand Wait, that. that. Yeah, like, is it, he's does he want them, does he want them to go drunk. fishing and catch I, their own fish? I really don't know. But don't for a second think that he doesn't have a sense of humor. Here's what he said in an interview after the Kathy Griffin incident. If I had treated former President Obama the way people like comedians Colbert or C Kathy Griffin have treated Trump, I'd be run out of town. If I did what Kathy Griffin did, my career would be finished. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I, I want to say about Frank Stallone, I like to focus on his music. It's yeah. wonderful. Yes. And that's yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, forget it's, about the man. You really got a hold. It's like watching, uh, it's like enjoying Polanski films, you know? Yeah. You I have don't have any problems. from the... I don't think he's. That was exactly what I was going to say, Dave. You got to separate the art from the artist. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about this. I guess if you first if you, time he's been called artist. <laughs> if you give some... if you give a fake actress a fish, she'll eat for one night. But if you teach a hoe to fish, then she'll eat for a lifetime. 
with Jeez. a fishing rod. There was this whole rant that he went on during the Oscars about how okay. they, the we, fake Oscars and how the Oscar committee didn't know anything and never made any good decisions. 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 And then somebody responded like, weren't you nominated for an Oscar for Barfly? <laughs> Yeah, it said three. It's kind of an avant-garde band, the Desmond Jones band. Anyway. What, what's this, Steve? Hey, guys, it's the Manhattan Transfer with On the Boulevard. And it's number three because it's not as as good as the other, next two. <laughs> <laughs> but better than the other ones before it. So we uh, we first linked the Manhattan Transfer to Yacht Rock back in episode 50 when we played their extremely faithful cover of Airplay's Nothing You Can Do About It. Now here they are doing a song written specifically for them. And man, is this track hot! This is cooking, baby! This sounds like a yacht soul groove that could have been, you know, kind of... It, it would have sounded at home on George Benson's Gimme the Night or any number of Quincy Jones projects. It's funny... <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, As what? I can talk about how white they sound. <laughs> now, I talk about Yacht Rock being black music with a touch of white. <laughs> <laughs> this this is like a, a period typed in the middle of a blank sheet of paper. This is like how I make chocolate milk for my daughter so she doesn't get too much sugar. <laughs> I, I was going to say earlier that, that Yacht York seems like it's most of the jazz music, musicians that are on these songs are white. Whereas mm, yeah. L.A., they're not not necessarily like it's, yeah. it's, it's a higher. It's Toto and it's just like when you knock over the pepper shaker on a big old white tablecloth. There's <laughs> a little speck in the middle. The Manhattan Transfer is a white vocal quartet. I think I think they're all white. I assume. Yes, they are. Uh, they're uh, white and they all look like aunts and uncles. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the malignant spot on my ass. This is this is like your aunt and uncle's idea of hip yep, that yep. dates back to about forty years earlier. Do you have skin cancer on your ass? Uh, why don't you take a look? <laughs> have you been out tanning too much on your ass? Yeah, well, my ass sees more sun than the rest of my skin. So. There are a lot of moles on there. Let me get a microscope. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to want to get in real close. The members of Manhattan Transfer include Tim Hauser, Janice Siegel, Alan Paul, and relative newcomer Cheryl Bentine or Bentine. You had to ask if there were black people in the group. <laughs> I don't want to take it for granted and be this wrong. It's like the original Smile Time Happy Friends. <laughs> uh, Hauser was an original member of the Manhattan Transfer, dating back to their formation in 1969 when they weren't even a jazz group yet. What were they? Some kind of hippie satire band thing. <laughs> I think they were more folky than jazz. I don't so know. I don't, super soulful back then. I don't then. know what mode of tramp- transportation they're getting a transfer for, but it's not going past 125th Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Manhattan Transfer was credited with reviving the lost art of vocalese, which is adding lyrics to compositions that are previously and better known as instrumentals. But these guys are the original OK Pella. <laughs> right? I mean, we're singing songs. 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 It's like a cappella, but with music. <laughs> they swing a little more. They're hip, daddy-o. Uh, if, 
If you ever heard vocalese, uh, Al Jarreau does some vocalese on some of... Uh, I, I, I got like a best of Al Jarreau compilation. He does like a couple vocalese interpretations oh. of Dave Brubeck's songs. Like that Breezin' cover he yeah. does with George Benson. Yeah, exactly. It sounds One, two, three, like that. Five, keep breezing alive. And I figured out why... <laughs> Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're breezing again. <laughs> Little George Benson is breezing. Mr. Ed Jarreau's a breezing. Everybody is okay, breezing. Sorry, Steve. But listening to those Al Jarreau things, I figured out why vocalese is a lost art. It's because <laughs> a, Al Jarreau died. <laughs> uh, because nobody, well, wanted to, nobody wanted to find it. Well, yeah, because number one, it's very technically demanding. You have to be a very precise, talented jazz vocalist to do it. And B, the aesthetic results are incredibly fucking dorky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did check to see if Bobby McFerrin happened to have a Yacht Rock song. Couldn't find one. No, no. He's either jazzy or that one pop album with Don't Worry Be Happy. Yeah. And also, fun fact about Bobby McFerrin, not everything is a cappella. Well, fun fact. Yeah. Just like uh, not all the Brecker Brothers is, uh, is instrumental. Yeah. You know, also these top three songs, they're specifically about New York. On the boulevard. Oh, yeah. You know what the uh, the interesting thing about that is? Uh, is these L.A. guys who are writing the song, and in New York you got avenues and you got streets. Boulevards are more of a Southern California thing, but this song makes them sound New York. Wait, but boulevard, isn't it... Boulevard, like Broadway Boulevard? Or there's a boulevard in New York. Broadway is a way. It's a way, it is. There's a boulevard, isn't there? I'm sure there is. Anyway. But you associate those more with Southern California. And the people who wrote this song, music is by Richard Page and Jay Graydon. Lyrics are by Mark Jordan. Uh, Jake, did Jay Graydon produce this? Uh, yes, 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 I believe he so. Produced, he produced some transfer. Was, I think this was another album I sent out to our patrons. Yeah, yeah it was uh, Graydon producing. He plays guitar and synth. Uh, Steve Lukather is also on guitar on this. Uh, Abe Laboreal on bass. Steve Gadd on drums. Victor Feldman on piano and keyboards. Hence that Yacht Rock sound. Yep. <laughs> um, any more fun facts? Uh, yeah, that, uh, real, this is from 1981's Mecca for Moderns album, <laughs> which was the follow-up to the commercially successful Extensions. Not very much here is super close to Yacht Rock, and some of it is... It's not vocalese, but it's still incredibly fucking dorky. Uh, but you all should definitely check out the ballad Smile Again. It's a prime Foster Graydon Champlin compositions with lyrics by Alan Paul of The Transfer. And there's, just listen to the song, you, get, you can hear some faint echoes of After the Love is Gone. It's pretty good. Oh, I gotta share, I gotta share this with me and the Manhattan Transfer. When I was 14, oh, I'll talk over this Jay Graydon solo. My, my brothers and my mom and my aunt and I went on a road trip throughout Colorado and she had a Manhattan transfer uh, transfer tape. We put 1,100 miles on her car. That's the only tape we listened to by me and my brother's request. It's in, it had Popsicle Toes cover by Michael yeah, Franks and it had, horrible had some other stuff. <laughs> 
It's it's so that tape is iconic to me. It's a very special tape, Manhattan Transfer. I had I have a similar story, but we had we were driving to Canada and we had the single for uh, Your Love by the Outfield. It's <laughs> a better song. Yeah, I could listen to that for 1,100 miles. I are also in- uh, drove all the way to Vegas and back, listening to nothing. But the boys are back in town over and over again. And you you may have mentioned that. Yeah, and we uh we came back from San Francisco listening to nothing but Judas Priest. That was awesome. Yeah. There was enough in the Judas Priest catalog that we could do that. Not a single repeat. This is Casey on American Top 40 in Hollywood. Until a generation ago, nearly all of our popular songs were written in one place. Stuttgart, West Germany. Number two. What I remember about that trip more than anything, Steve, is DeMorge and I were in the front seat, and we had a radio in the car. But Steve hooked up his iPad to some little portable speakers. <laughs> iPod. iPod. <laughs> and uh, and played, it fancier. played it from the back seat. <laughs> the whole way. <sighs> this is this is only number two because I, I felt like I needed to give the number one guy a win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, this is Brenda Russell with New York Bars. Uh, it's from her Two Eyes album, which I've yapped about quite a bit. Uh, this album was recorded in Los Angeles. With L.A. guys like David Foster and Michael McDonald participating, no big deal. Uh, but this song is very clearly about New York at night. The exclusive sophistication you only find when you're trying to participate in upscale drinking in the greatest city on earth. This is a very L.A. song about New York. I feel like in New York, if you live in New York, which I have for chunks at a time, uh, you can feel... Oh, you're bi-coastal. I am. Uh... I can't decide between the TV movie girls and the Broadway boys. Um, But, like, when you live in New York, you kind of feel good about being who you are because you can find your version of New York City to enjoy. But L.A.'s a little different. It's a little less accessible. And this song is about the kind of wealthy exclusivity that, like, I personally have only felt in Los Angeles. I rarely feel in New York as strongly as I do in L.A. So I feel like... It's a thematic mashup of the two cities here. New York does feel like everybody's on the same team. Yeah. Like everybody has the same shit going on. Everybody's got their own job on the team, but like we're all in it together when you're in New York. I feel very little animosity there, and here I feel just all bitterness and like, leave me alone. Like people are going to constantly try to trip you. Yeah, but boy, is it better. Yeah, people, people are very protective of their status. Yeah. Whatever, whatever status they have, they're very protective of it. They don't want to move. De- they don't want to move back down the ladder. But man, is it beautiful! The weather's great. The rent's slightly lower, and you can get mm-hmm. a big ass apartment. Mm-hmm. You might be able to have a dog, yeah, or two, without feeling guilty about it not being able to run around. Because mm-hmm. Prospect Park and Central Park's only open three weeks out of the year. Yeah, for hot dogs, and they're mm-hmm. full of sailors. <laughs> Place is lousy with sailors. Um, Brenda Russell. I've never talked too biographically about her. So she was born in Brooklyn. Her father was one at one time in the Ink Spots. Uh, it was Kurt. Not long. Kurt Ink? No, Kurt Russell. <laughs> he uh, he's not. He wasn't in it significantly enough to make the Wikipedia page of the current and former members of the Ink Spots. But uh, <laughs> poor guy. Well, I know. But he gave uh, birth to Brenda Russell, and it's I think an that's the best club. Yeah, I think and unless you're in the top thirty, you're not making that list. I think, I think boning a lady and having Brenda Russell come out of her cooter is the greatest accomplishment. She could have been born cesarean, JD. You do not know. And you know what, Brenda Brenda Russell, we discovered her late. Mm-hmm. 
if we would have discovered her when we had the women of yacht, I think she would have bumped Lauren Wood from number one. Yeah, she would have been, been number one. Been number one. She's got two amazing yacht rock albums. Um, and also, she did a lot, a lot of work on other people's stuff too. Yeah, yeah. So she, she's pretty, the hardest working woman in yacht. Yeah. Let's call it Brenda Russell, the hardest wor- working woman in yacht. I'll go grade. Um, so Brenda, she was born in Brooklyn, but she moved to Canada when she was 12. Uh, so her dad escaped from New York? Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Russell. Uh, nevertheless, that New York stank stayed on her, and this song is evidence. Uh, it has a dark boardwalk bounce and a sax solo that can only happen outside of a triple X bookstore in Times Square. Not around the time Around the time this song was released. Yeah, now it's all Red 82. Lobster and uh, guys that look like they should be singing for Smash Mouth. And Guy- the, the Tom Hardy district. And Guy Fieri restaurants. This had to be number one. <laughs> it had to be number one. This is Robbie Dupree. This is some some rock yacht right here. Yeah. Well, it starts like that. Okay. People think that Robbie's a one note or two if you're a fan of Strike Force. And if you get that, you are. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody? Rick, Rick Martell and Tito Santana? Okay. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, this is his best album and song and went all the way to number 54 with a bullet. Oh my God. This is Brooklyn Girls from 1981 Street Corner Heroes, which is essential Yacht York, if you ask me. Listen to the zigs and zags in this song. Listen to the pronunciation of Tuk Tuf. So many layers in this song. I feel like if they took the finger snaps out, they could have made it to at least 39. Toof, toof. Uh, okay, so du- Super Dupree. If you go to his website, you'll see the first line of his bio says, Robbie Dupree began his music career by singing on the street corners of Brooklyn. So here's a guy who's primarily known as a McDoobie ripoff, getting back to his street corner roots. And what do you get with those ingredients? You get Yacht York, goddammit. Well, we're talking about street corners in Brooklyn. Let me reiterate, I believe I mentioned this in the podcast before, that I bought my first Steely Dan vinyl album on a street corner in Brooklyn. It's what kicked off my whole Michael McDonald background singing. Did I say Mike? Doobie, did I say Steely Dan? Steely Dan. It was a Steely Dan album. And it was Pretzel Logic. Michael McDonald sang background vocals on it, and it was awesome, and it kicked off this whole Yacht Rock thing for me. Cor- street corners in Brooklyn are important, people. Yes. If you're in a street corner in Brooklyn, enjoy the moment. Something important's going to happen. Yeah. This, so Rob- I was on a street corner in Brooklyn a couple weeks ago. There was a Jewish bakery uh, by the Korn family, K-O-R-N. Oh! Yeah, but they had their R going the right right ways, not yeah. the, the wrong wrong ways around. Metal. Yeah. Steve, do you have any street corner in Brooklyn stories? Yeah, I think a lot of the street corners in Brooklyn now, the, the Brooklyn girls don't talk that tough anymore because they're like hipster parents. This song would be... It's weird how its weird how quickly the stereotypes about an area can change. In, yeah, there in was some kind of gang in Williamsburg. I don't know what gang they were a part of, but they all dressed the same. They dressed in black, and they had long curls on the side of their head. I might have to listen to this three times. Okay, listen. Robbie Dupree deserves our respect. He's more than just steal away people. Um, He's not Rod Hartz. 
After, oh, is that the is that the other kind of rod that fake actresses need? To, uh, hot rods? I don't know. They I'll need to learn up. how to I'll drive. Look I'll look it up. After being a street corner hero, he spent time busking around Woodstock, then later hooked up with his buddy Cheese Rick Chudikoff and Bruschetta <laughs> Peter Burnetta. Uh, I made that last nickname up. First one's real. Uh, who were in L.A. with the funk soul band Kraken? Uh, I'd like to crack some crackers with some cheese and bruschetta. <laughs> and uh, Kraken they, and uh, bruschetta and cheese were working with the likes of Mardian, Graydon, and Feldman extensively. So when so when Dupe got there, he was plugged right into the yacht rock scene, and that would lead to his well-known first album. You know, I've, I've gained a lot of respect for Robbie Dupree since starting this podcast. And the thing that, because the thing that I've learned in this podcast is, that really shocked me is how many "What a Fool" believe ripoffs there are out oh, there. So many. So the fact that that cousin Dupree has the best known of the "What a Fool" believes ripoffs says a lot about him. He did it mm-hmm. best out of yeah. dozens. Yeah, but he's more than that. Yes, he's Brooklyn Girls. <laughs> uh, but here, but here, like I said, uh, he combines everything that he learned: his New York roots and his SoCal sound, and and the SoCal sound that make a great Yacht York album that is completely un, un, underappreciated. Um, so without further ado, here's some goddamn names. On this song we have first Bill LeBounty, uh, who co-wrote this with Roy Freeland, um, who also has a little cred. LeBounty is also on background vocals with a couple of guys from Kraken, and one Matthew Wiener, a.k.a. our buddy Matthew Wilder. That's Matthew Wiener. That's his real name? Yes. I didn't know that. Yep. The that's guy the, who created Mad Men? Yeah, it's the same name as Matt Weiner. I don't think it's the same guy. I think it's that's a coincidence. Which one wears a poncho? Matt Wilder. Got it. I thank God he didn't he didn't keep his name Matthew Weiner because mm-hmm. he's saying ain't nobody gonna break my stride and Matthew Weiner would have broken his stride when <laughs> Mad Men won all those Emmys. People would have forgotten about Matthew Wilder. Yep. Um, and if you if you notice, instead of today when everybody that's all they're talking about is Matthew Wilder. If, if, you, if you notice, the, the uh, Yacht, Rock, Yacht Rock Review guys play both with Robbie Dupree and Matthew Wilder. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's because they're part of the cheese crew. Mm-hmm. Rick, Rick the, che- the cheese chumps. Yeah. Um, so Joe Lala from Blues Images on drums, and the only other name is Jerry Peterson on that classy sax we just heard, who saxily classes this song up. And, of course, uh, obviously, Cheese and Bruschetta uh, produce this song. Uh so let's examine this song. It starts with the crossfire. Mm-hmm. That was that rocking part. Where it, are you gonna do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is the this is that crossfire mm-hmm. song, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it goes right into a slow, almost new wop verse with finger snaps. Street corner finger snaps. Street corner st- finger snaps. Then it goes into a pages is almost doobie like chorus. Then uh, you know repeat. You add in that crisp, sleepy time sax is a hot track. And then he gets to that crazy-ass bridge. Brooklyn Bridge, <laughs> I'm guessing. And Super Dupe bellows his balls off with an almost power line buzz behind him. Pure sounds of the big city here. I fucking love this song. This song should become the last song every DJ plays at 4 a.m. at bars in Brooklyn. Those drunk Brooklyn girls that are super, because they're super, only super like rich the girls there now. They would go nuts, like some 21-year-old girl living in Brooklyn who moved there from Nebraska because she was the weirdest kid at her high school, and her parents are super rich. She and her friends would be swaying to this song, and they would buy another round of drinks to last until 6 a.m. 
It's a, it's a new classic. Thanks for bringing it back to the, America's attention, the 10,000 yeah. Americans who listen to our podcast. <laughs> it's a real gem. Um, what do we miss, guys? Uh, I would have said there would be nice to get some uh, Carol Bayer Sager on this, like uh, Stronger Than Before. I know how JD hates the Backrack influence. Uh, it's still good to me, though, especially for Yacht York, integrating Backrack. Seems ap- apropos to the genre. Um, like I said at the top, Hunter dug up most of these songs, so a hand for Hunter, but you had one song on the list called More Than Fascination by Dion Warwick, which combines kind of like the hold-the-line branch of Yacht Rock, Yacht York, and country somehow. It's yeah. an extraordinary song. She keeps missing these shows. Yeah. Because she just missed the, the Women of Yacht episode, and she yeah. just missed this one again. Left a boner. <laughs> Um, I like the title track of uh, Melissa Manchester's Hey Ricky, actually more than the song that we selected. Uh, it had a bit of the hold the line. However, I don't want to take anything away from Hunter, who did the heavy lifting on this episode, while I cut and pasted Frank Stallone quotes from, from Twitter. Nice work, Hunter. What? Steve, can you think of? Did you think of anything? Do that much? I I didn't uh, I didn't think of any like real deep cuts. Like Hunter knows this stuff way better than I do. But uh, I was I was interested to know whether uh, anything from Steely Dan's Katie Lied from '75 would have qualified as Yacht York. Oh man, there's a few songs on there that do sound like Yacht Rock before, slightly before the fact. Yeah, man, that's Steely Dan's so complicated. Like I listened to that album and I like tried to find something. It's so hard because it's Yacht Rock is kind of a cookie cutter silly pop genre when it comes down to it and Steely Dan stuff is so sophisticated and interesting like Black Cow bounces and it's smooth enough and it's like poppy enough but like there's some weird ass shit on, on early and mid 70s Steely Dan yeah it's hard to, to put them on the yacht um, but yeah, that's, that's something that we should continue to listen for, though, because maybe everyone goes in the movies would work. Yeah, Doctor uh, Wu might work. Yeah. Um, so next episode, I'm in the captain's chair with a genre called Dance Boss. Songs that don't uh, just suggest that maybe it would be fun to dance; they boss you into dancing, and they're often assholes about it. Uh, find this week's Yacht Rock playlist by following J.D. Riznar on Spotify. Go to YachtRock.com for a useful experience. Go to YachtOnYacht.com to take a look at the Yasky scale. Send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Follow Beyond Yacht Rock on Instagram. Rate and review us on iTunes. Your reviews help us pick up heat. So please make, take the time today to write us a review. I think it's Apple Podcasts now, but I don't give a fuck. Thanks to everybody who sent in bumpers for the last 10 weeks or so. Uh, for the last ten episodes or so, uh, it was fun to review those, uh, visit, revisit some of the, some old favorites. And yeah, you know, I, I really liked that black exploitation one. That was really well done. You did great. Uh, themes by Rob Crow and Mark Rivers. Thanks to Produso, Matt Brusso, and the entire Feral Audio family. Check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com. It's a website on the net. You can't miss it. And you know what? They just removed Street Corner Heroes from Spotify. So you're not going to hear that number one song, so you're going to have to go out and search for it. Mm-hmm. Or buy it. And buy uh, it. and while you're out there buying and searching, uh, you should look up uh, Peter <laughs> Allen's video for I Go to Rio. Yeah. You will not be disappointed. And also by Coastal. Yeah. A one-two punch. Look yeah. up everything from this episode. It's a great episode. Yeah. We're great. Yeah. And JD. Yeah? Really good job on that Cousin Dupree that you got in on the Robbie Dupree thing. That was nice. Hunter did that a couple weeks ago. Oh, he did? Yeah, your memory is shit. Oh, well, you did it better. Yeah.